Welcome to the first episode of the Musician's Journey podcast in 2022. Last year was an amazing time for me as I started exploring life as a cellist. And while I held concerts at home, got more and more cello pupils and started to prepare wedding repertoire, I recorded last year's interviews where I got to ask other musicians about the what's and how's and when's and why's of being a musician. This year, I'm continuing my own journey, hoping to find even more pupils and also to extend my network as a musician here in Stockholm. It has also been a year of spending more time in front of a screen and putting out more content of various forms into the online world and I'm not going to continue down that road. I've decided to imagine that I'm the listener of my own podcast and the result of that is that I'm simplifying things. From now on, I'll focus on making good episodes and those who want to are welcome to support me. There will be no fuss, no bonus clips or newsletters, only these episodes, weekly or bi-weekly, that will depend on my workload. I'll continue having the Instagram account though, because it's still an exciting place to be. I only started using that platform last year. And you're welcome to reach out and comment on the posts. Donations can be made via my page on Coffee as usual, which I'll link to in the show notes. And that was my New Year's announcement. For the next hour, I'm honored to say that you'll get to listen to the words and music of Guosta Tamulinaita. <laughs> My name is Guasta and I'm or- originally from Lithuania, but I've been living in Norway since 2010 and I am a musician and an artist. Yeah, whatever label <laughs> I can put on that. Mm. <laughs> Do you find it difficult to deal with labels? 
yeah, I kind of try not not to put too much thought on it, but um, I'm pretty certain that if you start putting thought on that, it might become kind of messy. (laughs) So I think artist is a nice word or just not really thinking of it too much. Musician, composer, yeah, whatever I feel like that day. (laughs) Yeah, Mm. synth player. Also, yes, and piano player. Mm. Well, I'm originally a pianist, like from the, I started as a pianist. Mm. Yeah. Was that how it all started for you? That someone suggested you play the piano or that you said you wanted to play the piano? Well, I was four, so my mother just uh, took me to a music school and put me up for lessons and... Uh, I guess I said I wanted to do that. I don't really know. (laughs) Uh, But kids usually say yes without really knowing what it means. (laughs) So I think that's what I did. But uh, I really liked it, I think. I I was very active. I went to like a music gymnasium. So um, music was a very big part of my everyday life since I was so little that I don't even really remember. And it stayed like that, just maybe different kind of music. Did you go through different phases where you had an idea of um, what kind of musician you were supposed to be? Yeah, and absolutely. On also stages where first maybe I was thinking, yeah, I'm supposed to be this and that. And now maybe the stages are, am I supposed to be anything? And do I choose to, what do I choose to do? And who really needs me to do this? Do I want to do this? Do I need this? And questions like that. But style-wise and, and instrument-wise, definitely I I was a classical piano player growing up and also through my first years of studying, I took a bachelor's and master's degree in classical piano. But then uh, <clears throat> later became interested in improvisation. So then I started working with prepared piano and synthesizers and I got into composition and then I started working with, in addition to the piano, also with uh, movement and uh, yeah, light and, and then making costumes. And then like now the interests are like, I'm just seeing what, what falls into my hands and whatever I, I'm interested in, I grab and kind of try to not think too much. Maybe that's why the labeling becomes so hard (laughs) because different people call themselves different names, but um, it really doesn't, it really doesn't define like the complexity of what one is interested in or what one is working on, at least in my case. Mm. It was a long answer. That's great. I have a very uh, dry throat today. So the more you talk, the the better. (laughs) I saw a trailer for a project you are involved in uh, with costumes and singing and playing and uh, choreography, it looked like. Mm -hmm. All the things. Mm -hmm. What are your roles in this project? Um, So in this project, I am a pianist. So I'm one of the white people on the stage and 
Um, I designed and made all the costumes and scenography. And I'm also a co-composer in a way, Marte Reink, uh, my very good friend and composer. She wrote all the, all the music and kind of put it into life. But, uh, we were working together the whole time. So, uh, she brought me the things and we talked about it and maybe, yeah, she used some of the material that from prepared piano that I, that I use and things like that. So a co-composer is <laughs> maybe a nice word. And then of course we put it all together. So I guess there are names like, uh, director and, uh, whatever, but, uh, it's I I look at it as just composing with different things. So we composed the, the things that were happening on stage, and then we composed the sound and composed the light. Uh, so we like took decisions based on our taste and the time we had and the material we had. That's in my eyes how composers work. Uh, yeah, amongst many other <laughs> uh, artists. Yeah. Can one make a living doing these things in Norway? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I believe so. Well, it depends on, of course, on your uh, <laughs> uh, way of living, maybe, your standards. And also, of course, we are really dependable on the support system in Norway, which is really great. So if it didn't exist, uh, I probably wouldn't be able or I would have to find other ways to yeah get things going but um, as it is of today I'm living from from my art and earning the money through through the project I'm in and also a little bit of teaching so that's kind of just to have a steady income instead of only being based on projects that is sometimes pretty challenging the way I experience it. So just having a couple of days teaching piano students uh, makes it a little bit easier to maybe risk and also use longer time. Usually the projects I'm in usually need time and they, they, they kind of benefit from time being given. So uh, that suddenly can become one to three years and then waiting for that salary might become pretty challenging. Yeah. So I really appreciate also the possibility to teach on the side and then that way being really much more flexible with, with my time yeah. in regards of the project time. And, mm. I've just gotten seriously into teaching myself pretty much for the first time ever. Yeah. Uh, and the... Uh, I'm kind of struck by how it's it seems pretty impossible for an institution to properly prepare someone for teaching because there are so many things that depend on the individuals that are interested and it varies so much in uh, age and interests and it takes quite some time and headspace and following up with things and maybe arranging some things. I, I experienced someone coming uh, who wants to play a certain song on the cello. And then, of course, I want to try and meet that uh, 
request or not a request but you know make their dream come true uh, so um, uh, I, I would like to have more students but uh, it's also yeah it's time consuming for sure have you found a good balance between all the various uh, income streams that you have um, well I'm I'm trying to be very conscious of what I'm doing and why and then what is the gain uh, it sounds kind of calculated but I really just mean being very conscious of yeah balancing it, balancing it out in a way the jobs that you do for mainly for the income and then the jobs that you do uh, for experience and whatever different reasons and but they usually are very complex uh, and I definitely struggle regarding what you said with the knowledge or like experiencing that there is infinite learning in teaching too. And uh, I really wish I had more lives <laughs> uh, going parallel <laughs> so that I could kind of meet, meet everything uh, 100% and, and meet the kids, uh, be their one and only person like 100% and not being a teacher that comes from somewhere and goes somewhere after the lesson kind of instead that I would come to them that that day they would be my like one and only priority that never happens <laughs> and I, I I I think it would be really nice experience to have this total 100% focus on that but um I mean I've been playing the piano whole all my life and it's getting yeah close to 26 years and um, it's kind of integrated a lot in my body so I'm kind of basing my ways of teaching on that on kind of living uh, through their fingers and trying to see what is it that they are struggling with and then I really get to use my knowledge in that way that I can I can meet their struggle and I can meet their worry kind of with a big get, being able to give them security that I both have and can teach. Uh, and then, of course, naturally, I try to adjust the repertoire a lot uh, to their needs. But sometimes you also just have to be honest and say, you are really good in rhythmical piano. You are even better than me. So I can help you find someone that will that will take your hand and lead you that way because I'm not capable or uh, that's where my knowledge ends <laughs> but I'm always very excited in kind of sharing also with the kids and like the the joy of exploring and kind of not just going for the first thing that you got from that one teacher that you had but kind of inviting them to to reflect in an early age why what what do you want to play why do you like it? Why do you enjoy this more than the other piece? And that's, I think, where also my experience come in very actively because I really started these processes of reflecting on what I'm playing and why pretty late. <laughs> so that's what I try, I'm trying to give them. Yeah. An invitation kind of to reflect. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. What made you start? reflecting um 
I mean, everyone does on different things and in different ways. I'm still always um, hunting for the feeling of joy. I was always allowed to express my emotions very clearly as a child. Uh, and uh, so the very big joy and very big sadness and very big anger were very clear for me <laughs> from an early age. I kind of could experience these emotions in my body and recognize them very clearly. So later on, later years in my 20s, I realized that certain things in music and playing the piano bring me this joy and certain things make me uncertain or even angry or provoked. And I I think I was just hunting and I still am for the most kind of joyous everyday life. Also because I know that unless the, or I mean, even if the world's go, world goes crazy or it already is, I, I guess I will be doing art in some way or other for the rest of my life. I really hope so. And if you know you will be doing something for the rest of your life, you really want it to be joyous more than anything else. But you know, again, uh, I already see the, the challenges in this way of thinking because I mean, nothing can be perfect or joyous all the time. And that's maybe why I'm always searching for something that maybe even doesn't exist. I don't really know, but I also enjoy this search a lot. I enjoy kind of pushing the boundaries of things that feel comfortable for me and not and, and seeing how I react to that and, and in that way, also meeting new people and getting new experiences. You know, I wish I could, for example, travel a lot, but I don't have the money and flying isn't that uh, popular anymore. So this is my way of kind of experiencing that same joy of traveling. It's just like traveling in, in <laughs> different uh, artistic experiences in a way and seeing how, how I change in light of these, maybe. Mm. What's the place you traveled to in this show? I saw the trailer for what's it called again? Uh, De Venner Alte Tilbake. They always return. Yeah, it looked like being uh, inside of something. That was my thought. Like inside a body or inside the planet. or in. Yeah, so cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a very nice... Uh, Nice picture. The thought behind is uh, our planet and the forces that we find within it. Uh, so the creation and the what's what's that operat holder like, kind of keeping it alive, and then the destruction force mm. and these three forces. I think there is also. I think there are the three gods also in the Hinduism, if I am not mistaken. Like the destroyer and the yeah creator and and uh, uh, I think we can find that word. It's like it's not the maintainer. It's the uh, it, oh, <laughs> this is but that's so, very close. It's mm, very close. like maintain. Yeah. yeah, the maintainer. Okay, our interpretation of the Hindu <laughs> god. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So someone keeping something alive and something going and kind of yeah really maintaining the life. 
and then uh, the, the 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 people, the humans, the white uh, <laughs> creatures that you saw in the trailer, that are mute and that really don't even realize until maybe the very end that, that those forces are always there and always watching over them and uh, and really we 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 had this idea of of them being very slow and heavy and then at the very end they also get provoked because of the ignorance and the craziness of the of the humankind and and they put their foot down and 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 takes their lives and and ends that and just continues the cycle because that's also was a very big idea of the cycle of the circle going round and round. So it starts the way it ends and it just goes. And then the humans is just like a tiny, you know, tiny drip. So definitely some kind of a world, <laughs> dystopian yeah. world. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. The humans came with the piano and then they left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we are going to develop this uh, this uh, opera to a longer piece because now we had like a time frame of half an hour or actually 15 minutes, but <laughs> we stepped uh, greatly over that limit. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we want to develop it because also just to bring the idea of humans kind of finding their themselves, their bodies, and then bringing in these machines. And then, yeah, we have the instruments on the stage. That's also something Marta and I are really passionate about like um, bringing the instruments and performance on the stage and making them an active part of the performance so um, so yeah we I hope we'll get the possibility to develop it to a longer piece so it can become even clearer what the idea is mm. as a listener of your music is there something that you'd like me to have in mind in the sense of approaching your music making No, I don't think so. Mm. Um, and no, not not at all. I uh, there's really this isn't anything I think of when when I make stuff. Maybe I'm kind of very self-involved. I only care about what I <laughs> think <laughs> and uh, of the yeah music and the process. But I don't know. You know, you cannot expect really anything of anyone except kind of yourself in a way. So. I'm just happy if you end up listening to something or seeing something that I do. And yeah. Mm. I've become so fascinated by how uh, this shorter attention span is changing me as a listener. Because mm. I think it's come to me. I mean, I, I can't really remember much of how it was earlier in my life, but I think that I have been affected by the speed of media and blah, 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 internet that. Uh, make I, I catch myself sometimes reading a sentence here and there like I will skip things if I'm reading a text and it's a bit scary and I also notice it as a listener that I easily go in and out of focus and that listening to a performance like earlier today I watched your YouTube videos and you're you're sitting there with your synths and It was like a meditation for me, you know, to keep coming back to your synth. And then I noticed my mind went somewhere and then I can come back again. Uh, 
Can you say something about what kind of a listener you are? I think I'm a curious listener. I am also pretty, well, it depends on what I'm listening to. Uh, and I would definitely categorize the ways I'm listening to uh, music too. So there is one way where I really just let it flow and, you know, like you could call it background music or if I'm driving a longer distance, I, I put something on and sing to it. And it uh, really just is about the mood <laughs> or maybe a, a band or a voice of the person or a group. Um, and then there is this other way of listening where I, I use it as a tool to expand my horizon and maybe get inspiration and kind of analytical way of listening where I go with this intention of finding something. I'm really a fan of secondhand stores. <laughs> I've been my whole life and uh, I would kind of compare that to the ones, the people that know how it is or enjoy secondhand stores. Like when you go in, and you are your main goal is to find treasures hidden somewhere uh so i kind of don't really expect anything but at the same time i expect a lot <laughs> i expect of finding something that will uh, make me interested and um give me something i i wish i have made myself or written myself in a way but it's not Nothing personal is more just something, finding something I appreciate in any way. And I definitely recognize what you're talking about, uh, like falling out a little bit and things like that. And it's a sad uh, <laughs> a pattern. I really hope I'll manage to break it down because unfortunately this came into my life in the beginning of my 20s while we weren't maybe that conscious yet of how it affects us, or at least not me at all. Not, not No one was talking about these things when I was uh, uh, getting my habits going. Yeah. So now I have to break these heavy habits of um, speeding up and jumping over the lines and running around and really not being, even not being just present in any, any way. So I, I hope it's one of my like, bucket list items actually to just manage to uh, get in touch and then contact with uh, that way I imagine the way I imagine it was before <laughs> be, you know yeah. it's, uh, a bit silly way of saying it but uh, yeah but I try not to not to be harsh on myself for that I mean there are so many things we have to work on and fix and what, yeah. Yeah. One thing at a time. <laughs> exactly.
really uh, nice to see and hear your uh, video where it starts with an eye your eye maybe mm, is it yeah your that's eye? true yeah. yeah that's my eye and then the rest of the video you, know, you see through some kind of binocular like you you only see the middle of the screen and it was really enjoyable because then on the right side of course there were you know these suggestions for what more videos I would uh, like to click on mm -hmm. and then below are I don't know comments or you know there's something filling the whole computer screen but your video was just right now just just look at this ginger in the middle mm -hmm. of the mm -hmm. screen that's a nice way it was it a rebel move <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> uh, no, so that's that's my kind of um, <laughs> both uh, something I appreciate and something I see as a flaw. But I wish my thoughts were that deep that I or like my understanding was that uh, deep that I would be able to speak uh, and to speak different messages through my art. Uh, and kind of say like, oh, focus on this and, you know, like a comment <laughs> to the whole society and all these things. <laughs> but that makes my process kind of very threatening to me. I become very self-aware and aware of everything and it, it becomes very hard. So I, I'm like consciously choosing not to really think of anything unless it comes to me in the process, of course. That's great, but um, it doesn't never starts with that kind of idea, kind of let's comment on something or, you know, mm. but uh, it really starts with just my love for visual aesthetics and my love for, uh, you know, a shadow on the wall when the light hits your curtain and the car passes by and then the shadow moves and, you know, these kind of things. <laughs> uh, and, and then uh, also these huge uh, pictures that I get in my head that I kind of try to put in action on stage. Uh, and, and that's like the first and my main like force, drive force, really just that. And then I hope kind of I give also my trust into the audience's uh, uh, hands that if you see something I don't that's so um, that makes me very happy and also if there is anything that maybe I didn't, don't like or don't agree with that kind of doesn't matter I haven't met any anything that uh, 
made me un- unhappy yet. So, and that again comes back to your question if I have any like wish for your intention listening to my work or seeing my work. It's not, I don't really need to think about it. <laughs> no. I just need to have my process and go, go for that. Mm. What do you use when you film? What kind of camera and how do you edit? Yeah, well, I use whatever I have and uh, that also goes for the program. <laughs> um, I think that's a big characteristic of mine. I like doing things fast. I'm working on the slow part, <laughs> but uh, I'm, like 90% of my work really is made as fast as possible. So uh, whatever works, whatever I find. Uh, so I have a camera, a Canon that's fine and if if i cannot find it then i use another camera <laughs> and i use iMovie because i never have uh, the 3000 it takes to buy a more advanced program and i know of some free programs that are very good but when i tried them out it took me too long time to learn them and i got yeah. frustrated and i was like it doesn't matter i can just put more layers in iMovie and that will be okay but i think that's also because that's a, such a new process for me. So right now I'm kind of maybe thinking more of the form and the material and things like that. And later on, I'm sure, especially if I get my hands on something really good, then I'll also experience the difference. <laughs> and I mean, I'm very aware that there exist really nice cameras or whatever, but then that also is for synthesizers and you know so suddenly it becomes very expensive so i just try to not think that much of it and maybe wait until it actually becomes necessary to have something better or more advanced or whatever there's so much art so much great art made on so small budget and so bad quality yeah. material and things you know i i really like that aesthetic too so that's probably also part of why i'm enjoying whatever i get my hands on it's like seeing what the potential is or okay so what can this thing do if it's <laughs> you know what is iMovie like iMovie has this not sh- uh, like shaking um, uh, effect that you can press if your camera is shaking then it kind of evens it out and then the eye video i don't know if you noticed but in the very beginning the eye is kind of sh- shaking in a way but in a very strange way and uh, that's just that effect that I found and I thought it was so beautiful and I don't need any expensive program for that. So I'm using that, you know, mm. uh, yeah, cheap <laughs> things. <laughs> How did you do the effect with the the ginger? Uh, yeah, that's the- a paper with a hole in it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 It's just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, nothing, nothing fancy. <laughs> I recently went on meditation where we kept eye contact for something like 20 minutes at a time. So uh, the way your video starts felt a little bit like we were having this eye contact meditation. It was beautiful. Is there a specific reason for why you put some videos of your music out on YouTube? Is there some kind of business idea behind it? Um, Well, business is a... I, I don't really use that word, but naturally the way the world is right now, it's kind of handy to just have things out there in case anyone wants to get to know you better. And 
don't want to send an email. I know. <laughs> but um but I have some thoughts on that that are kind of in my plans. A very big idol of mine once told me that he uses YouTube as his um own uh, like his own publishing company. Um, you know, and of course it was put kind of a little bit like a joke, but also not because you you kind of decide whatever you put out there. And if someone goes in there, they see what you have published in a way. And I thought it was such a nice way of putting it. So now I'm working on my homepage that I've had in my mind for maybe three years or something. And I'm still working on it. I really want to make it myself so that I learn how to do it. <laughs> um, and the idea is definitely to, when you enter it, you you enter my my home kind of you enter my my space and uh, then i think i will probably stop maybe or at least really tone down all the other publishing so like uh, i really don't want to use facebook in the future and uh, instagram and uh, and youtube i don't mind it's just a little bit messy but and even if i think put things out there i will i think work hard to make sure that whomever tries to find some information about me that my homepage kind of is there uh, for them to to find and uh, I really also wanted to give uh, an idea of what, who am I as a person too so that because I appreciate a lot the people that I'm working with and I I want people to find me not only because of my work but also on the way I am in a way because that's how I hunt my people down. <laughs> so, uh, so I really hope that the page uh, will reflect on that um, that wish. Mm. I we I dream of the world where there would be more ways of doing things and finding each other, and I'm sure they exist too. I just don't have the capacity right now of like finding them. <laughs> but I would be very interested in doing things other ways. Just, just because it's uh, sad that everything is done a certain way, or at least the biggest part of the world does the things in a certain way, and I would be very inspired to think of other possibilities. Yeah, so that's on my bucket list too. <laughs> yeah, mm. you mean uh, ways of of uh, collaboration with others? Yeah, and also maybe connecting. Like, how do you really connect? But again, I, I don't know. Maybe that's why I haven't gone so far as to get uh, thoughts deeper on this question. Because, I mean, it's also also really doesn't matter. Or like how we find each other. Maybe much more important thing is that, that we find each other in a way. No, I think it's more like about just putting the information out there so that People can find you if they need you. you know. I also really appreciate stalking my idols and trying to find all the information possible on the internet. So um, I really appreciate the people that actually bother to put something out so that 10 years later I can discover them and then go and find these videos, you know, and get inspired. I think it's such a nice way of sharing, just sharing yeah yeah mm. 
Would you like to share uh, who some of your idols are? <laughs> oh, there are so many. <laughs> there are so many. And I, I really hope that they feel the love. <laughs> Maybe my latest uh, idol is uh, Norwegian composer Trun Reinholdsen. Uh, and his both his work and his person are just wonderful. And uh, uh, Norwegian singer, singer Sissel Andresen and pianist Christian Waldemre and the percussionist from the United States. Her name is Jennifer Torrance. And, uh, well, I mean, seriously, I could just go and go and go. <laughs> There are so many people. But basically, I really appreciate our uh, community, both of composers and musicians in uh, Norway. And also, they are basically... Yeah, all of them are my idols. Also, my very good friends, they are my idols, like the musicians, uh, Anja Laudal and Heida Johannes Dottir. And then, yeah, I mean, now I'm just leaving out. Now I'm like very conscious of the people that I'm leaving out, but I'm sure they know that I love them. Also, people that I'm playing with, Torsten uh, Vadek Larsen, he's a trumpet player. And I'm a fan of my boyfriend, who is a drummer and composer. And his name is Jan Martin Gismerik. He's uh, definitely inspired me a lot. Yeah, and it just goes on. <laughs> so that's also the goal with my page, that when I write about my projects, I will, um, oh, I'm working with right now to be sure to put out the information about the people so that you can find the ones that will inspire me. Yeah, I'm also currently working with a costume designer, Frederick Fluen was uh, incredible and uh, also my very good friend Inga Margareta Ors she's a bass player double bass yeah uh, list goes on you can check out my homepage in some years yeah. <laughs> and you will find all the amazing people there mm. and yeah links to all their homepages <laughs> yes yeah. mm. uh, I feel like uh, going a little behind this uh, uh, you know idyllic creative work, performance uh, side. Um, how do you start your day? Mm, I wake up <laughs> and uh, I go to the toilet and then I make a cup of coffee and eat my porridge. <laughs> and uh, I really cannot start my day without food. So that's how I start it. Um, I wouldn't say it's my dream way of starting my days I it's just the most practical way I have lots of activities happening every day so I just get going from the moment I wake up and I'm not sure if I'm happy about it but that's how it is right now I mean maybe my dream would be to wake up make myself a cup of tea instead and and go and read but but that usually happens in the summer or in holiday time mm. are there certain daily habits that you like to stick to no um not at all i wish i wrote every day i only write sometimes and i wish <laughs> i read every day but I only read sometimes, as it is right now. 
uh, I'm kind of in the process of uh, dealing with way too many things going on and trying to balance it out a little bit. And I hope I'll be able to come back to these habits a little bit more. Yeah, both meditating and and just stretching <laughs> would be great <laughs> to do every day. But uh, it doesn't work like that right now, unfortunately. How do you deal with stress? Well, it depends on the stress. <laughs> yeah. I really like to rationalize the feelings, kind of try to figure out what what is actually bothering me. Uh, and of course, if that's just way too many things happening, I just deal with it. I I think I'm pretty good at dealing with it. And that's why my life has become so little kind of uh, romantic <laughs> because I just go from one thing to another and and don't really think a lot about it. And also, yeah, it depends on the stress because I can get much more stressed out for one particular project where a lot depends on the way I do my work and that really gets into me and that's where I really have to rationalize and uh, write a lot about it so it becomes easier to understand the problems. And I really enjoy kind of... Um, problem-solving mode in a way <laughs> where I figure out what the problem is and then I do whatever it needs to be done to fix it. Um, but then, yeah, in everyday life, I just, I don't really think I deal that well with stress. I kind of try to escape it a little bit and that's, uh, I'm very conscious of it. So I, I try not to, and whenever I can, if I can jog or eat well, that helps a lot, but you know, it, doesn't happen all the time so <laughs> yeah and of course i've been a lot into zen buddhism and uh, zen meditation and that's like the top <laughs> top uh, way of uh, dealing with anything really hmm. amazing uh, just so so important experience and i'm just thankful for having it even though i'm not practicing every day um, but I appreciate those periods a lot when when I am at the center more often. Those are just the times where you manage to uh, let go very easily and just not let it get to you kind of in a different way. What would you suggest as a starting point for someone who would like to get into what Zen Buddhism might mean but doesn't know where to start? Uh, well, um, in Oslo, we have a Zen Buddhism center and it's just great being there. You get there and you sit and, and then maybe they talk a little bit about it or you can ask the questions that you have and then just practicing it. That's, uh, I mean, just like with anything else, just have to start anywhere really. And then it kind of starts rolling, snowballing from there. <laughs> this uh, story comes to mind of someone who was getting into Zen. And then in, in the beginning, the mountain was the mountain. And then the mountain was no longer a mountain. And then the mountain became a mountain again. And I feel like I have a similar process with with the concept of being a musician. So <laughs> When I started making this podcast, I would ask people, what does it mean to you 
to be a musician. And the more I asked this question, the more I had to kind of change it. Uh, because the questions seemed more and more dodgy and kind of going against what I was talking about. So then it became like, does this word musician mean anything to you at all? And then uh, and then I've come back to it now. Uh, so uh, what does it mean to you to be a musician? Oh, it's a huge, huge privilege and joy. It's the way of meeting people in something that's so beautiful. Uh, it's art um, it's the way of connecting also which is having this common ground of connecting both with other artists but also with the audience that's one of my biggest joys really to connect with people to meet and to appreciate each other and I think working with music and art it's just this huge privilege to having this golden ticket to connect in a certain way, which is so beautiful. I think there is a key there that art for me and music for me is a way of connecting. And that sounds super lame. But um, if you took away the art, you would still be able to connect. So I'm just very happy I can do it for something that's so beautiful. And so human, kind of, we all experience art in such a way that I think touches kind of our human qualities a lot, like our emotions and our feelings and uh, kind of brings our heads with our <laughs> hearts or our feelings, to, like brings those together. Such a beautiful way of being a human or like being present as a human. But I think for me, the, the, it's not even about the art <laughs> at the very end. It's about the connecting and kind of making the world or the people um, or helping the people kind of to meet their themselves in a way. Yeah, it's super. Uh, mm. I have, have never thought of it, so it's hard to answer really. <laughs> Is there something in particular you would like to achieve as a musician? Well, I lately I've <laughs> categorized or I, I found two like categories or two two names of calling myself so like artist in in a community and artist uh, in the aesthetic kind of manner. So um I would be really happy if I, in many years, if I found, if I find something artistically that feels like I don't need to search anymore, that I found something that I'm in peace with. So I can still get challenged, but I don't need to stress about it anymore, about the search kind of. So it's more about going in depth into something. And then there is this part of the community. I would be very happy if I, in some one or other way, managed to gather people and give the people possibilities to explore their art and, and also bring people together 
and I guess I'm talking of some kind of movement or or a community of of artists that also work in a particular way or work towards a particular way of art. I'm really passionate about art being open and uh, without boundaries and art being anything. I'm really, really passionate about it. So I wish that in some way I could gather the people and also give them possibilities in some way. But those are very open and big thoughts. But um, those are two big parts of me as an artist that I want to uh, help grow and uh, hopefully achieve these big things I'm talking about. show notes for the links to Gubosta's profiles on YouTube and SoundCloud as well as her homepage which is under construction. I was editing this interview on the train back from the Christmas break and I felt very happy about this being the first episode of the new year. I can certainly need more of the energy I get from Gubosta. Her calm attitude 
appreciation of joy and beauty and the willingness to connect with people. I hear the water starting to boil, so I'll prepare another pot of tea. Let's see what it says on the yogi tea bag. Love is a source of bliss and infinity. Hmm. I'd hoped it would be something more related to this podcast, something about communication or expression or something. But love isn't so bad either. If you have any comments to me, feel free to send me an email. The address is in the show notes. And keep it casual, because I have a tendency to think that professional-looking emails are dodgy. Take care. Your Norwegian is uh, so good, you ha- you speak English <laughs> with a Norwegian accent. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs>